Pretty good business. Our guests today are Chloe and Lena Thomas, founders of the swimsuit brand Tuka. In this episode, we talk about sticking to your ideas even when people try to change your mind and why you should be spending your money wisely. Hello, Chloe and Lena. Hi. Hi. How are you? We're both good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. So, you are the founders of Tuka Swimwear. Can you tell us a bit more about Tuka and why did you go into swimwear? So, we started the brand in 2018 whilst we were both finishing our final year at university. But the idea sort of started way before that. Since we were younger, we spent a lot of time in Mallorca, family holidays, wearing swimwear. And it was just always something that we were going to do. So, it was like a, a decision that you took way before you started yeah as we both owned a lot of swimwear we had a lot of people were saying you both own so much swimwear you're crazy you know you should start your own thing rather than just buying other people's you know brands <laughs> um, but at the time you know we were both too young to have our own business and then it was the sort of thing that we got a bit older and obviously we had a big interest in sort of fashion and design so we just went for it but what is your background chloe studied photography at uni and i studied textile design so we're both quite creative and always, we were kind of always thinking outside the box and sort of thinking, okay, maybe we could do this or maybe we could do that. So we kind of just like put our minds together and that's how it started, really. So what kind of pushed you to, because one thing is having the idea of, yeah, I would like to have a swimwear brand. One thing is saying, okay, right, this is the time we're going to do it. So what pushed you to actually start the brand? Well, as we both obviously owned a lot of swimwear, we just really wanted to create a bikini that was just more than like a normal bikini that we owned. Um, we wanted something that was like high quality, sustainable and something that could be worn in many ways. And sort of the idea that a bikini is not, it's more than a bikini, it's an investment, you know, you can wear it in so many different ways. And this sort of idea of having something that's unique sort of pushed us to start the business. And we saw a big gap in the UK market for like a, a brand that offered sort of fun, bold, reversible designs, which sort of, it was sort of now and then we have to do it now. Otherwise, it's going to be too late and someone else will come mm. up with the idea. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I love that there are actually all of your bikinis are reversible, right? Yeah. So you kind of have two bikini in one. Yeah. And also when you go on holiday, if you can. <laughs> yeah. When? You've got less space in your, in your suitcase. So it, it works both ways. I guess you, so you, you started um, textile design, but how did you, you know, what was the first thing that you made and how many prototypes did it take to actually get what you imagined? So um, the first prototype we made um, <laughs> looks a little bit like a <laughs> You're laughing, my. <laughs> I know. I made it with my mum at the time. And Helena's obviously the more textile person. I, would, I wasn't really that bothered. I was a bit like, oh, it's not going to work. They're just being silly. Like, it looks ridiculous. I'm not getting involved in that. And I was trying <laughs> to create this bikini top, which is also a bikini bottom. So I was like with my mum, like, can you please make this for me? Because I can't sew very well. And she's there with the lycra and it's all slippery and she's not very happy. And then we finally got this first prototype and I tried it on and it was a bit skimpy but it did work it was the first one like a nappy the second one very <laughs> skimpy the second one we got made in London so we found this pattern um, cutter lady and she was amazing went for loads of fit assessments and she fitted it on and she she said it will work you know you just need to it needs a few it needs a few tweaks um and that at that point we were like so happy we found like a usp and it was going to be great yeah but it did take sort of three or four prototypes of the multi-way design to get it to where it is now and even now we've recently changed it just to make things like a better fit 
Mm. How did you find a woman that you are you still working with her? Um, I think we found her. Obviously, we just we've had to do all the research ourselves. Like we haven't mm. been given like a bible or the contacts of who to use. At the time, I think I just researched online and found someone in London. Um, but we don't use her anymore just because we found her to be quite expensive. Mm. And we prefer to work with people that perhaps are a bit smaller. We Definitely. use more sort of um, freelance freelance mm-hmm. workers who, yeah. We're I'd say it was with. more difficult trying to find a manufacturer yeah. because a lot of manufacturers don't always want to work with people that are, you know, have only just started out. You know, you mm. never they, they think people don't know what they're doing. We yeah. came, I think we came across quite naive because we were a bit like, oh, this is top and a bottom. And they were like, whoa, what? We what? haven't seen this before. And a lot of, we approached quite a few manufacturers and they were like, this isn't going to work. We can't, we can't make this for you because it won't work. Like a top is different to a bottom. You girls are crazy. Like, good luck finding someone. And that oh. was really disheartened because we were like, oh, we've, you know, we've invested in getting this design to where it is. And now that someone's saying they can't make it. Um, so we just have to keep, yeah. keep and a lot it. of manufacturers have very high minimums so we want to just get yeah. 50 made and they were like it's 50 per size per colour per style and we were like oh we don't need to do this <laughs> yeah yeah so how did you approach that actually because I imagine it's always when you start a brand of course you don't need that much things made because it's a risk but also did you find that uh, be young and maybe two girls making bikinis was a bit of a... Do you think that you got overlooked a bit because of it? I think we were quite young and we were still like... I was... How old was I? I must have been like 19 when we both started and I think the idea. And that's very young. I, I don't... We were at uni still like... I didn't tell those people at uni we were doing yeah. this. I think people would have just been like, oh, where, why, why is she doing this? And like, we funded it ourselves. And I think people... I don't know. Like, it, it was it was like you had to be careful and like when you go to manufacturers you've got to obviously like pretend you know more than you know and yeah. I mean luckily we found a manufacturer they're not around anymore but um, yeah we used this really really good one in Wales who they were like the the top manufacturer for like agent provocateur which obviously is lingerie and they were like the, the most amazing manufacturer and it was it really was old-fashioned really old-fashioned and um, local women and it was like two brothers um behind it and they, they we just got along with them so well and they were the ones that helped us with the multi-way and said they would produce it for us um but yeah I think people definitely sort of I mean they gave us a lot of tips like a lot of manufacturers wouldn't mm-hmm. us like we didn't know anything and they Literally. were like no you need this elastic not this elastic and um they were really nice mm-hmm. And they're not around anymore, you said? No, they... I, think, it, I mean, it's difficult because the industry is so different than it used to be and it was such an old-fashioned... It's such an old-fashioned industry. Like, yeah. it was in Wales in a little, tiny little village in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, it's a shame. I guess you've been... You started in 2018, so now is a couple of years. What would you say you learned during this process of building um, an eco-friendly business? We were actually chatting earlier and we were saying how, like, we feel like now if you were to start like a sustainable swimwear business the information is a lot more available to you when we started in 2018 we didn't actually use sustainable fabrics because they weren't as easily available to us and we were the businesses we were the ones doing the research and the suppliers it wasn't like on their home page or even on their sort of like you couldn't just google it and it's come up but now if you google somewhere there's agents there's loads of people that can help you out yeah there's whole businesses that you can you can you can go with that will do your whole package for you I mean it's so much easier easier now than it was when we started in terms of like 
you nowadays you can just get like one person to manufacture it, do all the designs, to get all the fabrics, do marketing, do marketing, social media, and then basically yeah. do your do your brand for you. Yeah, basically, yeah. which we even if we had it now, I don't think we've done that because we like to be in control of like we like to know the terms for certain things. We like to have like relationship with different suppliers, and I think it's a better way mm-hmm. to have more, be more involved in what you're actually doing. So, so you started with not not really looking into eco friendly fabrics, but now you are completely sustainable. So, can you explain how you found this new fabrics and where did they come from and what it is? I don't know you use Econil, but I think a lot of people don't actually know what Econil is. So, if you could explain. Yeah. So we've actually recently partnered with Econil, which is great. And basically, Econil is a brand within itself, and they have created a nylon which is regenerated from waste such as industrial waste such as carpet fluff another term that a lot of brands use is ocean waste which is really bad marketing tool but basically fish fishing nets a small percentage is made from fishing nets um and it's all sort of made into this yarn which is made into the nylon um and this fabric can basically be recycled over and over so once the took a swim customer has had a bikini for let's say like three years and it's you know come to the end of its life it could actually be sent back to us and then we could get in touch with the supplier and it could be like melted back down and made back into the fabric so it's all about this like circular economy economy and is it is it made in the uk is everything done kind of in the same place you know, if you think about our business as a whole, we try and find UK suppliers. I mean, with regards to the the fabric we used, I mean, it is it's not, but... Italian, but obviously, like, we work with, like, the UK distributors of Aquafil. But I, I mean, like, in terms of our other suppliers, we always try and find local suppliers, people that live near us, local seamstresses, people we can support in the UK, rather than... I mean, we don't manufacture in China or in Europe in London like everything yeah. is made it's not outsourced everything is handmade in London but the fabric the economic fabric is the best one for what we're trying to achieve and like the qualities of the fabric like we have worn our swimwear in the pool with loads of chlorine and the salt water in the sun sun cream on and the quality is so much better mm. than a normal sort of just nylon fabric so it's definitely a good the one to be using and you're now making other things you're making scrunchies you're making uh, masks so yeah. how do you feel like how do you think that your company will evolve how do you see the future of your company i mean recently obviously at the moment it's not really the time to be selling somewhere i mean we no one's going not many people are going abroad you know due to covid it's been not a great year for us but actually we've adapted and us selling our masks has actually been quite good for us um it's that we've you know we've adapted and it's meant that we can you know continue going as a brand even if our somewhere isn't as in high demand, demand as yeah. it normally is um we've still put our designs and our brand out there by doing the face masks and we've actually made them all ourselves so we've put our skills <laughs> bit of a challenge <laughs> thousands of face masks originally doing it for like the nhs charities and then we, you know, we've been making them ourselves and we had to invest something back into the brand because we were using all our off cuts of our fabrics. Um, and then we had to start to use some of which, which was new fabrics. So we had to take that into consideration. But the sort of future of, of the brand, we really want to keep it small still, but get stocked in a few retailers, such as like Selfridges. We'd love to be... Like a little corner little, yeah. in Selfridges. Like, Let's put this out into the world, maybe. Yeah. You don't know if you don't try, so... You might exactly. 
So, and how would you say, what would you say is, is, has been the most difficult part of building the business? Of course, this year has been really hard, but in general, really building the business, what was the part that you really thought, oh God, this is hard? Yeah, I think the most difficult part for us has been like to protect our brand identity in terms of like the brand name Tucker. So Tucker was like a childhood nickname given to Helena growing up. And it's just like a family pet name that we just all used. And we sort of associate it with our holidays in Mallorca and that sort of thing. And we had had to compete legally against another brand who tried to copy our name. And it's just something like that you don't really think much of when you start the brand. Like we were more concerned about someone copying our multi-way design, which we mm. could design copyright for that we kind of didn't think about the name and for us like at one point we thought we were going to have to change our name and it was a nightmare um so the most difficult part was that sort of initial you know we were two years in and we we had everything with Tucker on it and it Mm. was our years of hard work and it was really difficult at the time to think if we should change the name what we should do I think also like it's difficult to completely like understand exactly what market you're aiming at like definitely Yes, fair enough. Like for us, it's evolving. It's we we have a very young market when we started, but now we're in a few boutiques. It's like a slightly older lady who like likes our swimming part of one pieces, and it's kind of like difficult. You've got to make a decision like what market you want to aim your stuff at because you can't do everything as a single business. We need to be very niche. We need to know exactly mm. our target markets. We are definitely making the products which we know we can sell. Yeah, and at the moment we're we're for SS twenty one. We're torn between two different bikini top styles. And it's difficult to choose which one to go for. Do we go for the one that's more sort of structured that perhaps an older lady would like? Or and or do we go for something that's more like our current collections that's seamless, reversible and more sort of surf lifestyle? So it's really difficult to know what to do and what the next steps are. Without buying too much and then having loads left over, which yeah. is not our aim at all. That is what yeah. we not want to do. How many bikinis do you usually design for each collection? Um, so with our summer collection this year, we just had two colorways, um, didn't we? What did we do this summer? We did the yellow with the blue and the red and the pink. So we had two colorways in our bikini style and the brief, the larger brief. Yeah. We kept it really small this summer. And then uh, last launched week, them. we launched new swimsuits, four new designs. Um, as like It was meant to be like a cruise drop, winter sun, but obviously... It all got delayed. <laughs> Our, unfortunately, the where we get ours when we were made um, came down with COVID, so delays. Yeah, it took um, a couple of months. But at the end of the day, you know, they're here now. We've got them now. <laughs> it doesn't make much difference. So which one would you, be, would you say is the project or the design that you're the most proud of until now? Definitely, as we said earlier, the multi-way bikini. There's just not another bikini like it. And it's so iconic and classic some people don't even get it until we like tell them like three times they're like oh my god really and I'm like yeah Um, because it's so interchangeable and fun and it's just a a big USP like we always say like if you're starting a brand like you must like the USP is so important there's no point creating like a design that's already out there Mm. unless it's you know different and definitely the multi-way bikini is the one that we're most proud of and it is our best seller which goes to show that it's it's definitely the showcaser of the collection yeah so how does it work you can reverse it and what else you can you do with it yeah so you can reverse it obviously everything's reversible but also you can tie a knot in the gusset of the bottom and it interchanges into the top um and then you can like twist it round and have half and half we've got lots of things on our instagram on like how to style it and that sort of thing it is quite confusing to get your head around you almost <laughs> need to see it so yeah. basically you just need one bottom and then it becomes the top 
but okay. it was really good when we first started because you know, we didn't want to overproduce so a minimum with our manufacturer would be 50 units but that would normally be 50 tops 50 bottoms in our case it was 25 bottoms 25 tops it was really cost effective for starting the brand we weren't sort of mass producing and we it was a really good way for us to have a go at it yeah Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to go and check your Instagram because I (laughs) I can't imagine that's another thing that's really difficult of building it is to portray that design throughout our social our website so when new followers join they get it straight away because it's it's a, like it's a really cool thing but it's just it's it's trying to market it and to try and get it out there but we don't mm. get out there too much that someone does try and copy us at the same time so yeah it's tricky. is there anything that has changed in this last two years are you still happy to go to work every day and how do you feel like you um, you know what keeps you going what inspires you to find new ideas and you know especially this year that has been so hard you had to really think how to change your business a bit and adapt to this wild ride that has been 2020 um, so how do you find new ideas how do you um, what pushes you to you know push your um, business forward I think what pushes us in terms of moving the business forward is like seeing our customers in our designs mm-hmm. and like when we draw a sketch together and then when we receive our first sample and then we see like a product come to life that's what really like drives us um, you know which makes us go to work every day and I think in the last two years definitely like took a swim has become a lot more of an everyday part of our lives and we first started it was very much it took six months to like find launch and it was very much a bit each day but now it's like every single day there's something going on all the time sending out orders no matter how big or small they are and it's just a lot lot more full-on um which is obviously ideally we both want to want to do it full-time yeah but, i mean i work full-time and chloe works part-time as well but alongside took a swim. As we also do both do took a swim, but it, at the moment it's not fulfilling a full time job for both of us. Mm. I'd rather do it slow and steady and not risk too much at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have something else apart from like your full time job to to do as well. So yeah. yeah, I mean, and this is how most people do it anyway. It's 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 very unusual to have the you know the ability to just like drop everything and start something new without knowing how it's gonna go like imagine if you dropped everything and then 2020 happened you know nobody was going on a holiday yeah um i mean next year i'm sure everybody's gonna be like booking everything they can book to go on holiday yeah we did this year we were like 2020 years but took us from year like (laughs) We invested in PR and it was going to be amazing. We had this press day. We had loads of influencers in our swimwear. And it was a real good start to the year. Last January, like the sales were up. Like it was amazing. And then obviously February, March. <laughs> and they were like, oh no, this is awful. Like, I would say though, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. No, like sales were up actually. I think when year. it was good weather in England in the summer, it was good because I didn't feel like we were doing worse than normal. I'd say we were doing better than normal. But yeah. I, I guess every year we should be getting better. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, maybe that's why people kind of may do in a sense that well, they were just going to the park for a tan, you know, <laughs> even though it's not the same, but yeah, we, it was we, so hot. Yeah, we shot our summer collection down in Cornwall and we, we promoted this whole like staycation um, campaign, which was really successful. And the images, like we normally do all of our photography out in Mallorca, um, but the actual photos from the Cornwall, like 
you know, we are a British brand and it sort of made us think that, oh, we should perhaps do some more like of our British British sort of We should do a photo shoot in the UK and abroad, like mix it up. Like we are British Mm -hmm. brand, we should be proud that we are British as well as being inspired by Mallorca. They're wonderful places to go to actually in the UK. Yeah, Yeah. this year has made people realise that, you know, there are worse places to be than the UK. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just the weather, really. Otherwise, <laughs> the places are there. With the photo one minute it was sunny and the next oh, it was, it was pouring with rain and the pool was shivering. And she was tiny. <laughs> and we had, oh, we felt so bad. It was horrendous. Yeah. I think we should on the, and the, you can't tell from the photos, but you behind the scenes, if you zoom in, <laughs> it's quite cold. So you are sisters, of course. So do you think that your relationship was really important for the, the way the brand developed? And... Do you still manage to separate your relationships as, as sisters to the one that you have as co-founders of the brand? Or do you think that it's actually quite difficult to kind of separate the two? I think if we're being honest, it is quite difficult to separate. Because like every time we're together, it's, it's always took a swim. It's like, oh, can you just finish so Mrs. Crunchy for me? And I'm like, oh, really now? I'm about to go to bed. Yeah. Um, um, but we've always said that we would go into business together and it seemed more of a natural thing starting this together than with like a friend because the relationship between us being sisters is part of the brand identity and everyone loves the story behind it that we're sisters and it's the whole, it's our sort of our journey, you know, being in Mallorca, loving swimwear and there isn't someone else that we would have wanted to do it with because it just wouldn't have yeah. worked. Mm. You can't really, I mean, you can, but even if you you know have a discussion of you kind of like get mad at each other you can't really get mad you know stay mad forever your sister kind of like gonna have to get over it but we do like have moments but when we're doing the design process so Helena's like Helena likes different colors than I do I love sort of like aqua pink that sort of thing and you like more sort of grungy pinks and green green so when we come to the designing things, it's always like we have one each. You do yeah. one and design, and I do the other. And who's who's the best? And then yeah, um, the best seller. And yeah, and who sells really the most? But usually it's about equal anyway. Um, but but then it's good because we have different. It tastes. covers everybody's tastes, hopefully anyway. Yeah, most people's. Last but not least, if you could give an advice for a business owner or like a wannabe business owner that wants to create a sustainable brand. Um, what would you say and is there anything that you wish you knew when you started the biggest part for us would be that to find your USP like there's no point starting a business and definitely one which is meant to be sustainable if you're creating a product that already exists you've got to find your niche area and try and stand out as much as you can which is where our multi-way bikini really especially in swimwear there's a lot of companies Mm. but they obviously don't have our USP um, so we obviously were very aware when we started we don't want to just be part of you know this our, community of, of sustainable swimwear um, that's around so definitely I think that's our main point yeah come up with something different and another thing we'd say is invest in good PR um, at the start of the year we invested in PR and people at the start said it to us and we were like no no no, no it's too expensive sort of thing but it's one of the best things we've made this year mm. um of look at our budget and allocate stuff in other areas not just like making the products but marketing there's no point of having a product not being able to like have a platform to sell it on or fight having you need to invest in all areas of the business your website not just one. your packaging i mean you can make something amazing but if nobody knows then it's like you haven't actually made anything 
Yeah. It's a waste. It's, you won't be able, it's not sustainable. Like our first year, we didn't have any PR. And, you know, we we're reaching out to like all these fashion assistants, people, they just don't reply to you. Like, and that's just how it is. You need to get your product right in front of their face. And like, if you want to make a proper go of it. Mm, yeah, it's, it's a hard industry to, because there is so much that arrives every day. Yeah. So many emails, so many people don't want your attention. Yeah. So it's, it's actually, yeah, I mean, it is a, it's a job to do it so yeah yeah, definitely is there a mistake that you made that you think you could have avoided and you wished you avoided sometimes when we (laughs) when I order the fabric from our suppliers the printed fabric (laughs) this is quite funny I always um go on orders and we have this one print which is like Akai which is one of our original designs it's like blue splodges of white bits and I always, always order always it the wrong size. Order it the wrong scale. Oh. Like huge amounts of fabric. Quite like a lot. It was one was eight meters and you know, it's it's about twenty-five pounds a meter. And I'm there going, Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do? Like I've just wasted all this money and it it was probably like two hundred and fifty pounds or something on fabric that we can't use because it won't match anything. But we can use it. But we it. can use it because on our face masks. So we've used up about three, four meters of it already. So it will get all used, but stuff like that sometimes. It's like if we had someone else ordering our fabric or if an agent to help us. um, That wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. (laughs) Is it because the the measurements is different? Yeah, Yeah. even you upload it onto... I'm not quite sure because I didn't do it personally. I did it myself. (laughs) And it just always happens. And it's happened more than once. It's happened twice (laughs) recently and it's just so frustrating. But it's fine because we can reuse the fabric in other things and we've, you know it's fine but sometimes I feel like it's really easy to rush things sometimes you need to like take a step back and and look about things before Mm. you mention them yeah which is why in our new collection that we've sampled like both a bikini surf top and an underwired one so we can take a look back and look think, at, really think what our customer actually wants and what we would wear over what and what has more opportunities which style could have more opportunities yeah. with yoga or sport or yeah. if it's more of a boutique mm. thing yeah are you thinking about moving outside of the swimwear yeah so <laughs> when we this is like very initial stages this is very initial stages but we are allowed to sort of do anything that's sort of on the body like we can do flip-flops sun hats a lot of quite a lot of things with the Jackson brand um we did really want to do men's didn't we this year it's a bit um but it's just too soon and it you know it's not really sustainable if we just bring out a men's range when all of our audience is is females and it just doesn't seem right but we definitely are going to be bringing out a hopefully if it looks good a um surf bralette which could perhaps double up as like a sports bra obviously sportswear and swimwear is made from very similar fabrics and we think our designs if it's supportive enough i think you could definitely wear it um yoga doing yoga or pilates that kind of thing um there's also like another market to look into if we sort of go into that market with more like marketing opportunities and that kind of thing yeah um the gym wear perhaps maybe not yet not yet not just yet but we'll see how amazing well thank you so much girls and yeah tell us where we can find you our instagram handle is at took a swim and we also have facebook at took a swim i don't think we have twitter we no we're on tiktok at took a swim oh Oh, what do you do on tiktok tell us i do some funny videos (laughs) of me showing you how you can wear like our multi-way bikini a few like behind the scenes 
um, videos. Actually, there's a behind the scenes video of um, the shooting Cornwall. Oh, yeah. And it's very, looks cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Do we have anything else? We also have a website www.tokusome.co.uk where you can buy all of our products Amazing. yeah so basically if you want to see if, if you want to buy them go on the website if you want to see how they they work go on tiktok yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing thank you so much thank, thank you. you so much that was our interview with chloe and alina thank you so much for listening and thanks to chloe and alina for their time if you like this episode please rate us and subscribe it really helps you can visit our website and follow us on Instagram at prettyslow.life and prettyslowlife on all other platforms. Thank you and goodbye.